Welcome back to the 51st ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. I'm Meet Kevin, and so far the show has made $56,760. Welcome aboard. Wow. That, that was, was so good. Yeah. You're a pro at this, man. So for those not aware, Meet Kevin has a fantastic YouTube channel where you basically stream 24-7. You post like six videos every single day about the stock market, the real estate market, what's going on with uh, stimulus plan. It, it's, it's a bit of everything when it comes to finances. And you've grown a lot over this last year. You've tripled your channel, haven't you? It's been insane. I think I went into 2020 with like 290,000 subs or whatever that is. It's been nuts. Wow. Great work, man. You put us all to shame with how many videos you're posting. You basically do in a day what uh, what we, what do, we do in a week now. throughout four channels in a week. Yeah. Oh, no. Stop. <laughs> well, I love your guys' variety. I'm jealous about your guys' variety. I feel like I'm stuck in this chair. You guys got the, the show. You got the vlog. I'm jealous, man. The reactions. <laughs> I love it. Why don't you do a vlog? Uh, well, first of all, we're not doing anything, <laughs> you know, we're still, we're still kind of, we feel cloistered at home and it's really boring. Can't wait to get out again. We want stuff to open. I need to get out of here. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to start yeah. throwing things. <laughs> but you would be able to set up a vlog now so that like, let's say in a month, you would be starting to do things. You People mean like just set up like a vlog that. channel or, or, or yeah, just set throw up them into the meet Kevin? Yeah, no, set up a channel. Hire yeah. somebody to just vlog for you. They do all the filming. They do all the editing so that by the time you actually go and do stuff, you're in the process of buying a house right now, right? Vlog That's that. That's true. Trying, vlog trying it. to get one under contract. <laughs> yes. And you're, and you're trying to have a, uh, another child, right? I mean, maybe don't vlog all of that or, or do. <laughs> Selective. <laughs> right. So if you yeah. could vlog really easily and you had someone else take care of everything, would you consider doing it? Yeah, I, I think that that'd be a consideration if, if I was doing stuff like, uh, you know, we we I'm hoping by the summer things open up and I'm totally game to like if I could just do my morning our uh, morning market live stream and then do the closing live stream. I got like another six hours of the day. Let's go. Let's go to the beach, you know, be at the beach at like 1:30, 1:45, whatever, do whatever. I, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, sure. I think that would do so well. Yeah. Like meet Thanks. Kevin's family, something like that. <laughs> The Mastam... Mastamly. <laughs> you gotta have it like yours. <laughs> Mastamly. <laughs> Jeez. But you know what else you could vlog? You were telling us right before we went into this about a $12 million YOLO bet. What's what's this about? Yeah. So basically, what I did is uh, I, I paid off all my margin, which was something that was kind of just like... I don't know. I'd look at it. I'm like, how? Why do I have six million dollars in margin? Like, if the market went went to the toilet, uh, I can't come up with six million dollars at the snap of a finger and pay that off. So I'm like, this is not so good. Uh, and and I, I really believe that any kind of short term thing would just be short term. But when you've got yeah. margin, man, these banks they got you, you know, they got you in such a position where they can really, uh, you know, sell everything you got <laughs> to pay off that debt and sell you at bottom. We saw that with GameStop too. When GameStop the first time around started crashing, Robinhood just starts liquidating people. Yeah. So at bottom prices too. So I uh, I decided to uh, sell. It was uh, nine and a half million dollars of stocks is what I sold, uh, and I bought uh, back three point nine million dollars in options, uh, various oh, different wow. expirations, uh, and. 
somebody did this calculation for me. I did a rough calculation. They did the exact calculation mm. for me. And the exact number is if I were to want to have the same upside with shares as I have with that uh, 3.9 in options, I would have to have $12,176,000 in shares. So I'm basically controlling that much potential market value with just 3.7 million. And since I sold like nine, I got rid of my 6 million in margin and I'm actually controlling more exposure to the market. <laughs> now, isn't there a chance those options expire worthless? Isn't oh, yeah. there's a chance? So there's a chance. So, so your downside is going to be three something million dollars if you, yeah, exactly. if you lose so, this. Right. So my, my, the way I was looking at this was that if, uh, if there's like a margin call, you know, if the market goes to crap, I mean, the odds are the market wouldn't go to crap. I think it'd be pretty low to get margin called. I've never been margin called. It'd have to be some crazy crisis. But uh, the worst case scenario on having the margin is they, uh, they, they liquidate your shares at such a low level that you've now, the market's crashed to such a level where they sell you out at bottom, they eliminate your margin, they take away your credit line, so you can't even buy again at bottom if you wanted to because you'd had nothing. You'd probably be throwing in cash to try to prevent the margin call, so you wouldn't have any cash. And uh, you'd kind of lose half your portfolio quickly through mm. uh, through a really bad, what could just be a flash crash. Who knows? Maybe some crazy thing happens in, in June and uh, you know the S&P 500 and the Dow's down 40%. Who knows, right? Whatever. A new COVID strain or whatever. And so I thought that, okay, there's a big risk that, gosh, what if like, you know, potentially, uh, you know, six to seven to $10 million of your portfolio just get eradicated. And I thought, okay, well here, now I'm only taking a 3.9, 3.8-ish million dollar risk. And I don't believe that's going to go to zero. It could go to zero if I held them all, but I can always trade for longer term options out in the future. So even if there were, you know, setbacks in the market, I could always grab like a 2024 option next year. So since some of these are 2023s, mm -hmm. I'm optimistic that uh, I'm gonna be okay. But the whole rationale behind it is, I think we're going, I think things are going to be great. I really think things are going to get better. So I've actually taken this, I'm calling it a YOLO because I'm taking much more risk because yeah, you know, the options fluctuate way more. <laughs> it could be a really stupid mistake if the markets trade sideways or downwards for the next two years, but I don't see it. I think we're going up and I'm pretty confident of that. Why not just go and buy the shares? You'd be sitting pretty comfy, just like 4 million bucks invested and then you would never have to worry about it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I what don't you know that. about? <laughs> well, uh, I could have done that. And uh, I think I think that's where it becomes a little YOLO-y because I could have easily done that, right? We could have sold, uh, well, I just wouldn't have had, had to sell as much. Uh, I could have, uh, what I did is I closed out my M1 Finance. And so I closed out my M1 Finance to concentrate into my higher conviction holdings. So I, I had all these uh, funds available and I thought, okay, what do I want to do with this? I've got, you know, $3.9 million here. Do I go shopping for options? Do I go shopping for shares? The beautiful thing about shares is you never have to pay taxes if you don't want to. You can just hold them forever, right? Mm -hmm. And this was right before the whole Joe Biden capital gains thing. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> like that in a second. Well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, at the time I was thinking, oh, no problem. We'll be able to, uh, you know, we'll hold these options for long-term capital gains. I'll have no margin. And I think, I think this, the way I convinced myself to, 
try to eliminate the margin is that, okay, well, if I do options, I could have uh, no margin, but potentially have a really big upside to where I end up way better off than where I was before. Like that $12 million, imagine that, uh, that, that uh, or, or these options, the option values, if we get a big rally this summer or this fall, that could triple or quadruple in value. Uh, and so I look at that, I go, sweet. I believe there's a chance that some of these things are going to do that. Maybe not all of the ones that I chose, but I believe there's a chance that maybe Tesla will. Maybe, uh, you know, all Tesla has to do is double and the options about quadruple in value, triple to quadruple in value. So I figure, you know what? Let's let's do a little bit of a YOLO. It's 27% of my portfolio. I really believe the market's going to rally either this fall, winter, or beginning of next year. Let me put my money where my mouth is. And if it works out, I'll be able to look back and go... Dang, I got rid of margin, didn't miss a beat in the market, uh, and made more money. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a bet. You know, why I think people it's, go to Vegas? <laughs> I think it's super smart. And, but only really, obviously, I'm sure you have, but assessed your risk tolerance, which I'm sure you have. You said it was 27% of your portfolio. I think it's super smart. I've actually recently been buying some leap calls, which I've never really done before. But just, I want to say in the past like month or two, I bought like a couple uh, long calls on uh, on Palantir because they were so dirt nice. cheap, yeah. like far in the money too, and so far I'm up. Yeah. So, yeah. What makes you well, think? What makes you so confident the market's going to go up? Well, so a few things. Um, one, I think we have, uh, a, a, in my opinion, I think there's an overvaluation right now in recovery stocks like restaurants, airlines, travel. I think they've had this insane run since November, and I think they're really overvalued for what are going to be crappy earnings. They're not going to be good. Uh, you know, sure, they didn't go bankrupt, so the bankruptcy risk is gone, and that totally makes sense. Like, great, the companies go back. Like, Simon Property Group's not a bankruptcy risk anymore, so fine, it's selling for $116 a share instead of $49 a share like it was in the summer when people were thinking, that's it, it's over, malls are going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. And we thought it might be years to get a vaccine, right? So the run that we've seen makes sense. But do we really think Simon Property Group, it used to trade for $150 before the pandemic. Do, do we really think this is going to go from 116 to 200 anytime soon? I don't. I wouldn't make that bet. What do I think is going to happen first? Tech doubling or that doubling? You know, I, I'll stick with the tech. Uh, and uh, over the last few couple months here, we've had a big old sell-off in tech and growth because of inflation fears. Mm. I don't believe the inflation is coming. So in part, my bet is that we're going to have this period of inflation, but that long-term inflation that people are fearful of, I don't think is going to be here. And so I thought, well, how can I make a bet that if if my script, and I, I realize that's that's dangerous is having a script, but if I have a script of, of what the market does is it's garbage for the next, you know, what we've seen already the last two months, garbage through the summer, totally possible, maybe sideways trading, whatever. We get all this uncertainty and doubt and fear. Uh, garbage until we start seeing inflation trend downwards. If inflation starts trending downwards September, October, and all of a sudden markets look and go, oh my gosh, we just printed all of that money. And yeah, a bunch of other countries around the world did, but we're the first to recover. We have more growth in our country than we did before in 2019, and our trajectory's gone up, which is crazy, because the way I think about it is like, we were on this trajectory, hit a, hit this hole of, of the pandemic. Now we're not back to that same line. 
we're, we're actually higher than that same line because of all the stimulus that's been happening. The amount of growth that's coming to this country is, is going to be insane. Statistically, that's what we're seeing so far. The only thing that could stop it would be if inflation runs rampant. I don't believe it will because historically it, it hasn't. The last, uh, you know, 20, 30 years, we've been on a downtrend. 40 years, we've been on a downtrend on inflation. I think that's going to continue. I side with the Fed on this. And so I say, look, I believe I'm 70% plus likely to be right in my bet. And uh, it'll work out well. I think there's a 10% chance the market trades down and I, I lose all those options. And I think it's less than 10%. The fact that they would go to zero, I think, is low because I would probably trade into longer terms. Mm -hmm. Like in 2022, I just trade up for longer terms, 2024s or whatever. Uh, and then I think there's this 20% chance, and this stupid ear thing's bugging me, but I think there's mm -hmm. a 20% chance the market trades sideways, which uh, which would be bad as well. But so I look at it, I go, hey, look, if I can play roulette, and somebody tells me I got a 70% chance of winning, 70 plus percent chance of winning, and 20% chance that you're kind of break even-ish. I thought, you know, at the same time as me being able to get out of margin while still having more exposure to the market, I'm like, sign me up. Worst case scenario, if I lose that 3.7, not going to make a difference in my life. Yeah. <laughs> What are you seeing kind of crappy right now in the market? Because you say things, you know, aren't looking so good right now. They're going to be kind of crappy between now and through summer. The only yep. things that I'm really seeing crappy right now are SPACs. A <laughs> lot of, because a lot of tech is still relatively high. When you look back from even six months ago, we're still mm -hmm. better. We might yep. not be as high as we were in January, February, but we're still doing pretty good. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and this is true. Whoa, where are we, Graham? I don't know, man, but I'm just on public right now. Public? But we're in private. No, public. The free stock trading app. What? Tell me more. Yeah, it's a free stock trading app where you could buy and sell stocks for as little as a dollar, and best of all, they don't route your order flow. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. Yeah, but not only that, there's a social media feature where you could see what your friends are buying, and you could read up on stock information. Wow, it seems just like Twitter, but all about investing. Yeah, and best of all, if you sign up using the link down below in the description, they'll give you a free stock worth all the way up to $50. How much? Up to $50. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, is there anything else I should know? Yeah, when you deposit $100 on the platform by May 7th, you'll be entered for a chance to win a completely free stock of Tesla. Wow, I'm going to do that right now. Should our audience do this too? Absolutely. You too could get a free stock worth all the way up to $50. And plus, you could follow me on public and see exactly what I'm investing in. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing it right now. I look forward to seeing you on there. And now we should get back to the video. So, um, there are a few things going on. And uh, it's... it's uh... Golly. So I guess the place that I believe to start is I think people have, first of all, a lot of fear that we are having this, this, this massive inflation is coming and it's here to stay. In fact, I would venture to say that probably 80 to 90% of the people who are going to be commenting on this video are going to say, Kevin's crazy. Like inflation is here to stay. I get it. I think I'm making a contrarian bet here. I think I'm not siding with the majority of people. I, I think I'm siding with the minority of people who, who actually don't think inflation will last. And that's because inflation feels so real right now because we're seeing prices of everything go up around us. Uh, and, and there, there are no shortages of anecdotes. Uh, there might be supply shortages, but there are no mm -hmm. shortages of anecdotes of people saying, oh, this is more expensive, this is more expensive. Of course, <laughs> pandemic screwed up a lot of things. But I think we're going to go back to uh, lower levels of inflation because I believe so much in our global supply chains that companies are competitive. They don't want to raise prices. They want to beat their competitors. They want to have more market share. 
and they want to do so more efficiently, which they can also thank you because of the pandemic, because so many people are working at home now. You just cut out business travel. One salesperson can talk to 50 people in a day, where what used to be, you know, one medical sales rep going to maybe three doctor's offices in a day, now they're going to 20 or more. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's to me, we are we are seeing so many deflationary pulls. In, in other words, companies being able to have more profit margins just simply because of how how common it is now to telecommute. You think you do a sales presentation on Zoom before the pandemic? No freaking way. Now, yeah, where, how else would we do it? You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. I'm wondering with your sales rep uh, analogy there. I'm wondering, let's just say doctors are now inundated with just Zoom call, Zoom call, Zoom call. Don't you think then that the tables are going to turn and now now you're going to think like, well, I'm going to be the only one who's going to show up in person. And then all of a sudden <laughs> that one in-person person is going to stand out above the rest because they made the effort to show up. I'm here. Here's what I have to offer. And I feel like it's it's easier to say no to somebody over a call. I think when you're in person, sure. sometimes you have that energy that it's like you, you want to do business with that person because you see them face to face. I don't know if that's going away anytime soon. Look, there's no nothing's ever going to, I think, in the long term, replace the handshake deal, right? Getting in the boardroom and making a deal. Uh, I think, though, and this is just the, the excitement that I have about uh, where our market is heading. I, I think every company is looking at it maybe maybe not just sales but it's every layer of the company from human resources to uh, gosh i'm sure uh, internal it support everything going uh, virtual now uh, everything is so much more streamlined and these are all all these numbers are going to show up in bottom line margins especially for these tech companies so there's that big shift that's massively deflationary uh, and, and so I think I'm going to be right about inflation. I think we're going to have low inflation. You might be right. Yeah, I mean, the handshake deals at some point, they, they will come back. Uh, but then again, you might have doctors who are like, look, you know, for me to sit down in a meeting with you, I could be meeting with 10 clients. It's like, this isn't worth my time. Who, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. But that's a good counter. Uh, but it's not just the inflation argument. Mm -hmm. You've also got a lot of hedge funds right now shorting the market uh, and partially deleveraging. A lot of deleveraging started happening after the Archegos fallout, which when people spend, uh, if, if people take on less debt or companies take on less debt, they uh, they, they put less buying pressure uh, on the market. So you see stocks have well, less buying pressure. Uh, then you're seeing hedge funds short because they're like, there's no way these tech companies are hitting these earnings because the earnings expectations are through the roof. So hedgies are shorting. If they're right, they have their long positions. If they're wrong, they don't lose their clients because they have their short positions. But that also puts downside pressure on stocks. I think all of that is is uh, weighing on the market. So you have inflation fear. You have deleveraging. You have uh, hedge funds shorting. You have the SPAC attack. You've got Biden doing crazy stuff with, okay, are we going to print $2.2 trillion or are we going to print $4 trillion? What's it going to be, Biden? You say you're negotiable. We don't know. We got the corporate tax thing now. We got the capital gains thing that just came mm -hmm. out this week. There's so much where people are like, dude, I don't even know what to make of all of this. Is the Fed going to taper soon? Everybody's like chicken with head cut off. And that's when I want to double down in the market. You said that you think there may be a 10% chance that the inflation happens or whatever, if I, if I remember correctly. What do you think that 10% chance looks like and what would, like, what would have to happen to cause that 10% that chance? Yeah, so 10% chance of me losing all, like, like having, a, having a bear market by the time my, ex, uh, my mm -hmm. options expire, which, which would, I think, relate to being wrong about inflation. So 
I think in September, uh, October, by then we'll know. We'll see inflation numbers are going to come in very high over the next two months, the highest we've ever seen. Uh, you know, here are uh, May reading for April, June reading for May. They're, they're going to be a disaster. The headline numbers are going to be 3.5, 3.6%. It's going to be the ugliest numbers we've seen forever, or at least in, in, uh, in the last you know, 15, 20 years. I think the problem that happens is, is that number is going to come down. It'll naturally come down to probably 2.5 or whatever. Mm. And so what you're going to be looking for is come July, August, you're going to be looking for that number. Is it trending back up? That's when the problem happens. So when we get rid of those base effects from comparing to last year, we actually get to normal numbers again. If we start seeing that inflation trend go up and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, we had more inflation in July. We had more inflation in August. We had more inflation in September. It's trending up. Then you know the Fed's going to start going, uh-oh, that's not good. <laughs> now, all of a sudden, uh, that, that whole argument of stable prices is, is potentially going to lead the Fed to act sooner, especially if at the same time the unemployment rate is falling, So, which it, I expect it will. Uh, mm -hmm. Unemployment runs out in September, so people are going to be looking for jobs, the people who are unemployment. Hopefully, people are already looking for jobs. So at the same time as the unemployment rate plummets, if all of a sudden, July, September, August, around there, we start seeing that inflation rate trick up as well, the Fed's going to U-turn. And they're going to end up having to raise rates much sooner than expected. And we'll probably see that 2022 yeah. rate increase. That's when things are going to get really blurry because they really screwed up in 2018 when they tried to do this. Uh, Graham, I think we were actually, we were at some something in, um, oh gosh, where was it? Mm -hmm. It was like Beverly or not Beverly. I don't know. Maybe it's Hollywood, West Hollywood or something like that. The Driven, the Driven Conference. Oh gosh. Yeah. So All right. that, that morning... I actually did a live stream uh, prepping uh, on my phone. I was sitting there like at the registration area. I did a live stream on my phone. Hey, guys, okay, look, this is what Fed Chair Jerome Powell just said. Like same thing that I'm still doing today, which is crazy because it's like three years later. Mm -hmm. But uh, they screwed up. You know, they jacked rates up in, in May and, and that summer. They spanked real estate. Real estate prices plummeted, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20%. Today, you did a video on real estate prices going up 17%. They could fall that in, in two months if they jack up rates too fast. They failed in 18, caused a market crash at the end of 18. That same thing could happen again. And that's my 10% scenario. That's going to suck. Got it. Do you think, though, it's possible to have inflation with somewhat high unemployment? Like to the Do point I think where, it's possible? Yeah, yeah, like to the point where, you know, they want equal employment for everybody. Is it possible yeah, yeah. that they don't achieve that, but inflation still comes up and they're at a crossroads between... What do we do? Do we go against what we said we're going to do or do we just let inflation happen or we raise rates and then all of a sudden everything we said means nothing? Yeah, could happen. So black unemployment, for example, right now is like 9.6%. White unemployment is 5.4%. And uh, it's entirely possible that the entire unemployment rate doesn't get down to those lower levels until like 2023 or something. So imagine we get to the end of 2021 and we we barely get to 5% or you know what? Unemployment stays stuck at 5.5% for some reason uh, or, or 6% uh, elevated levels. And then all of a sudden we see inflation because, you know, the supply chains are still broken. Yeah. Can that happen? Totally. Totally that could happen. And the that persistent inflation might stay 
if all of a sudden people are are uh, continuing to pay prices and there's there's less competitiveness to bring those prices down because maybe it's harder to start a business maybe it's harder to open another lumber mill maybe it's harder to open another uh you know circuit factory or or maybe it takes two years for for a factory to get up and running to compete sure could we be in an era of high inflation for the next two years yeah that's gonna suck and and that would be entirely because all of a sudden maybe there's more demand than we really have the supply for despite everything maybe firing on all cylinders again no covid but we still need that many more factories but it takes that much time to do more factories or create new factories yeah yeah, sure. We, we could definitely, there is a scenario where we could see higher inflation for the next few years. Do I think it'll be more than like 4%? No way. Like I, I don't see any scenario where it goes over 4%, but the Fed's going to panic if it sits at 3% longer than I think these next two months. You know, they're going to be expecting it to go to 2.5, Bob around that 2.5 range, their measure of inflation, the PCE. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but if it goes up more than that, yeah, they'll start panicking, I think. But for now, they're just steadfast. And the market's starting to believe them. That's the other thing. What's weird mm. is the market's finally starting to believe the Fed again. And we're starting to see yields come down. The 10-year Treasury's coming down. The five-year's coming. They're all trending down. And it's a sign the market's starting to believe them again. Couldn't you, couldn't you argue, too, that inflation would be good for some asset prices? Like, wouldn't oh, you believe be that for real estate? Term. Yeah. Great in the long term. Okay. Very bad in the short term. So, because uh, they're going to jack up rates to combat yeah. inflation which is terrible in the short term for real estate in the long term. If we actually have real inflation, Oh, come on. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. If you own a bunch of debt, uh, especially on real estate. In fact, I want to go buy more real estate. One, the other reason I paid off my margin, and I haven't mentioned this, but another reason I paid off my margin is because I now got $6 million or actually no, it's like seven to seven or $8 million. If I wanted to available in credit lines to where if I, let's say found, a deal I had to put, let's say I got together $8 million and I found a deal I had to put, I don't know, 35% on divided by 35. Yeah. Uh, I could buy a deal for $23 million if I wanted to. I could go find some multifamily building, buy a $23 million multifamily building. Now I'd be taking out that margin again. I'd be taking a big risk. But if I found a big juicy building, ooh, the tax write-offs on that, ooh, I don't think I'd be paying income yeah. taxes this year. <laughs> now that's a good segue to what's going on right now with the, uh, the capital gains. That would be a huge win for real estate. I got to say, yeah. yes. I would be tempted if if capital gains stayed at, uh, let's just say, 40%, yep. plus it's an additional, what is it, 3.8% on top of that? Yeah. So yeah. we're looking at, uh, yeah, so let's, we'll call it 43, 44%. I would yep. be very tempted at that point to stop investing in the stock market and actually get back into real estate. I'd be very it's, tempted. It's so funny you say that. I could not agree more. Uh, in yeah. fact, just the last few days, I've been looking at real estate every day, probably 10x what I had been. Uh, the, quite frankly, I uh, look in May, I went ham buying real estate last year. Uh, I'm very happy I did. Uh, bought 11 properties last year is insane. Uh, too much at once. Happy I did. But uh, once I got overwhelmed in August with all the projects I was doing, uh, in real estate, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I don't think I've looked at Redfin as much between August and uh, probably, what, April? Yeah, mm -hmm. August to April. So what is that? I don't know, like eight months or something like that. I've probably looked at Redfin and Zillow and Realtor.com more in the last two days than I have in the last eight months. <laughs> right. You know, a big thing for me that I was actually thinking, lately I've been doing a lot of investing in startup companies. 
And the yeah. advantage for me there is that I could lock in my basis right now. And that my mm-hmm. hope was that four to ten years from now, who knows when, I would be able to cash out this very large amount and utilize the long-term capital gains. But if I have a choice between taking my money now and having access to it today than being taxed almost 50% 10 years from now, I would almost rather say it's not worth it anymore. It's better to have the access to the cash now, go and buy real estate, than take a risk tying up my money for 5 to 10 years. That's huge, and I think that's going to be a big deterrent for a lot of investors, a lot of startup companies, if that happens. Do you want to explain exactly what the new proposal says? Because you're, you're pretty proposal, of course. right. Sure. So they're actually call they're calling it the death of a potentially Silicon Valley. So uh, because of exactly what you've described, yeah. because think about it, venture capitalists in Silicon Valley, they're they're trying to do exactly what you're talking about. They they find small startups and hey, let's invest. You know. A million dollars, ten million dollars, fifty thousand dollars, whatever, any range, depending on if somebody's an angel investor or VC, Uh, and uh, they're they're looking to cash out. The point of doing these startup investments is to cash out at some point, and you can't exchange that, which is just a tax way of saying when you cash out, you pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So the the old school mo was. Angel invest in the Robin Hoods, the Facebook, the Coinbase, whatever, when they're tiny. Then motivate them to IPO when the market seems ripe. Go IPO or direct list, whatever. Uh, and what it does is it lets all of those original investors out. It lets them all out. And those are some sweet long-term gains taxed at 20% for, you know, if you're making over like 500 something thousand dollars, it's taxed at 20%. Plus your state. Uh, if you're uh, making less than that, it's taxed at like 15%. If you're making less than 40 grand, capital gains are taxed at 0%. Ish. I'm rounding on those numbers right yeah. around there. The uh, the new proposal. How do we get back here? This is weird. I don't know. I'm still on public though. Public. I thought we're in private. <laughs> Pu- I thought we're in private. No, Jack. You're just dumb. <laughs> Oh, I guess I am dumb for not getting my free stock worth up to $50 on public. You haven't done that yet? I haven't. Oh my, it, it takes you just a few minutes to do and the stock is worth all the way up to $50. $50? Yes, $50. And I also heard there's actually an event going on if you deposit $100 by May 7th. Yeah, you could get a completely free stock worth of Tesla. Tesla? Tesla. Elon Musk. And that's almost $700 right now. Yes, assuming the current market price as of today. Well, Graham, how can I sign up? You don't remember? I just told you like a minute ago. Yes, you could use the link down below in the description. It's totally easy to do, and they don't route your order flow. Oh my, I'll do that right now. Thank you. And we should get back to the video. What happened to Kevin? We left him hanging. Back to you, Kevin. Back to you, Kevin. Says that, okay, if as soon as you make over a million dollars of income, all of your capital gains... Doesn't matter if it's a dollar or if it's a million dollars or ten million dollars. Every capital gain that you make, once you make over a million dollars, is uh, taxed at ordinary income levels, which uh, Biden expects to raise to thirty nine point six percent. Add to that the Obamacare investment tax, which adds four point eight percent. Now you're at forty three point was at forty three point four percent in taxes. Add to that your state tax. Uh, you guys are in Vegas. Y'all lucky, okay? 43 point, what, what did I say here? 39.6 plus the 4.8. That's, uh, I don't know, so, somewhere around like the 44-ish level. Uh, plus 
California, 13.4. I'm paying 57-ish percent in taxes. Yeah. It's insane. So now this is why they're talking about the death of potentially VCs in Silicon Valley uh, and, and the death of Silicon Valley. It's going to it's going to end up being Texas. Like people are going to start doing this in Austin, Texas, more Florida, more Miami. It's going to be Miami and Texas are going to be the new mm. hubs. Maybe Seattle, probably not Seattle, Austin and Miami, probably buy real estate there. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Buy real and estate Vegas. There. Uh, and yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. You guys got to get VCs in Vegas. I mean, you got the convention yeah, centers. So. Uh, I mean, now think about it. If you're in California, you're you're giving almost sixty percent of of your long term gains uh, to the government. If you're a venture capitalist, like why why bother? So that begs the question. Okay, well, let's say let's just come up with an example. If I had, and this has important implications too for people even making under a million dollars because it affects yeah. them. And I'll show you how. If now somebody says, okay, I'm going to take twenty million dollars. And instead of putting it into a VC fund, which raises valuations of companies, which helps raise IPO prices and helps raise stocks, it all trickles up. Mm -hmm. uh, those stocks, those valuations go higher. They IPO higher. People cash out. They have more money to go buy other stocks. It's all part of the big game. So now instead of maybe the VCs putting that $20 million in to, I don't know, startup, you know, the next makeup startup or tech startup or whatever, they take that 20 mil and go, I'm going to go buy a 100-unit apartment building somewhere. Then they take like a 30% cost segregation write-off. They, instead of in the future paying 60% on their long-term gains, they go, today, I'm going to save $8 million in taxes while I'm investing in this because I cost segregated it. <laughs> Especially if they, they call themselves yeah. a real estate professional, which I think a lot more people are going to become real estate professionals after this mess. But then they go in the future 10 years down the road. I want to sell this building. Just 1031 exchange it, aka don't pay taxes because you're just going to put those in the next building. Do it forever, and in the future when you die, pass it on to your children tax-free. <laughs> right. Well, isn't the well? I mean, then you have the estate tax, which then you yeah, start getting into. The estate tax. Then you'll so, then you'll set up a trust. Yeah, then you start having to do some funny things, but uh, slowly divesting your portfolio. But that's that's problems. Right. Like if you're a couple. That those are problems when your assets are over, you know, your net worth's over like twenty three million dollars or something. Right. Like that. At that right. point, you got other problems. <laughs> but yeah, I am worried that uh, I'm legitimately concerned that if that does pass, a lot of investors and even entrepreneurs would say, "What's the point? If I sacrifice everything to start up a business, I'm going to work yeah. away at it, not making any money. Let's say for five years, with the hope of maybe one day it's going to pay off." They'll think, you know, what's the point if I have to give 60% of that away? Yeah. I'm not even going to bother. Why do that for 40% of the upside when I could risk 100% of the downside? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's uh, a calculation. I mean, it's. I think the entrepreneurial spirit will still be there. There's still going to be people who are like, look, I'm broken in a basement. I got an idea. Look, I you know, maybe I'm yes. making 10 grand working at Red Robin, you know. Going from ten grand to a hundred grand of income is going to be huge for them. So I think the entrepreneurial spirit will still be there, but mm -hmm. uh, at what point does it become limited? And I, and I think that's that's where what you're saying is so right because at what point do venture capitalists just say, you know what, I don't want to invest anymore. I don't want to do VC anymore because what's the point? Why why I'm giving away so much money? I think that's where the issue comes is the funding for those entrepreneurs is is going to be less. 
and uh, future valuations will be lower. It, it all it all balances out. Like they say, there's no free lunch. But I remember 2015, I did the most deals I ever did in a year. It was like 61 deals or something like that by myself without an assistant. That was the most stress I've ever had in my life. And it was so toxic. It was bad. And I remember sitting uh, with my father-in-law for beer. And I'm like, I just worked so hard to have the biggest year of my life in real estate, which was, I don't know, like probably somewhere around 600 grand in commissions or something like that, which is really freaking amazing. And the expenses are so low in real estate. I probably had like 50 grand of expenses. Mm. So here you go. Worked so hard to make 550K, built this business up for five years. And now it's, this is awesome. This is so cool. And then I look, I go, oh my gosh, every extra hundred grand I'm making, I'm giving like 47% or whatever to, to the, you know, the federal government, the state of California mm. or more. I think it was like 50% uh, at the time. Why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? And in 2016, I consciously decided I'm going to work less. And instead of making 600 grand, being stressed out like crazy, because I was so disillusioned with how much I was paying in taxes, I'm like, I'm just going to take it easier. I'm just going to have fun. Like, why, why am I working so hard to give so much to the government? And uh, I, I still did well. Mm -hmm. I had a $400,000 year, you know, after expenses be like 350. But it was way less stressful. And 110% taxes had the influence in that. Wow. That's wild. So what do you think the chances are of this passing? What I think is going to happen is that he's going to ask a lot. They're going to ask for more than they know they can get. And I think it's a negotiation tactic. And they're going to start at 40% and then work their way. Maybe find a middle ground. Um, interestingly enough, though, I, I did research on this a while ago. This is a few months ago. And I found a, a, an article uh, that actually dove into this further and actually studied this. And they found that the optimal... Uh, long-term capital gains tax is 28% in terms of encouraging people to actually follow it. Not so much yeah. as to hold their investments, not sell, but they found that that was the ideal amount, 28%, to encourage people to still invest, but while maximizing tax revenue. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, a couple things there. Um, do we think that uh, Biden... Well, so first of all, I don't think we're going to see D.C. statehood. D.C. statehood it would give Democrats pretty much complete control. They, you know, they 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 would have sway over uh, the moderate Democrats who potentially hold things up in this situation. But I don't think that's going to happen because then Joe Manchin would lose a lot of his power. So right now, because uh, that's D.C. statehood is not going to get through the Senate. Republicans aren't going to go for that. You're not going to see that as budget recon. So uh, pass the House, but it's not going to pass the Senate. The that leaves people like Joe Manchin uh, standing in the way of what Biden wants. Biden, I think you're right, wants to start high and come across as negotiating. But ultimately, as long as he gets his Democrats on board, he doesn't need a single Republican. He doesn't need to negotiate. All he has to do is convince Joe Manchin. So far, the only thing he's Joe Manchin has complained about has been the corporate tax rate. He says, I don't want to see corporate tax rates higher than 25%. He hasn't said anything about the uh, capital gains tax, you know, tax. And, and the way the Biden administration is branding this is, hey, look, it only affects one third of 1% of people. They're right. It does only affect the top one third of the top 1%. Now, we happen to be in that, so it yeah. sucks. But, uh, but yeah, that's the way they're branding it. So 
unless you get somebody like a moderate, like Joe Manchin coming out going, no, you know, this is ridiculous. Joe Manchin could end up going, look, give me the, give me the 24%, give me a 23, give me a 25% corporate tax rate. And I'll give you your vote on the long-term cap gains for the rich folk. Uh, yeah, I think it could pass. Uh, I would probably say I'm 50-50 on it right now. Wow, that's actually higher. I was thinking, realistically, there's there would be no way for this to pass as is. I was I would expect maybe not 39, or, or maybe they do a tiered system. Uh, mm. I've seen a few different proposals from just random people online that I actually really agree with. A few of them... Uh, uh, break up long-term capital gains in terms of how long you've held your investment. Maybe it's if you've held it uh, between year one and year two, you, you get taxed as ordinary income. Maybe year three, it goes down from 39 to 35. Year four, 35 to 30. And maybe at year eight, then it's full-on long-term capital gains to really encourage long-term investment of longer than a year. Uh, or... Have uh, have it structured in such a way where maybe your first million dollars would be taxed at, you know, 25 percent. The next million dollars would be taxed, at, you know, and have that sure. be a threshold just like any other. I think right. it'd be very because otherwise interesting. Otherwise, you have this massive bump uh, and it's so right. sudden. Uh, I think that's uh, I think those are great ideas. Uh, I think they're they're possible. Uh, I think uh, to to see any of those sort of take hold, you got to watch those moderates. Because it's, it's not, the Republicans have so little power right now. Uh, it's amazing just how little they actually have. Uh, and I like those ideas. And, and I think, sure, is, is some, a tiered system like that possible? Yeah. But look, you know, I mean, look back to what we have in history here. And, and it's it's been recent. But I look back at the stimulus package. Joe Biden says, look, we're going to do the extra $1,400. And we're going to do uh, the um, he initially came out and said four hundred dollars was the plan mm -hmm. through the end of September. And so what they did was they took the four hundred dollars, made it three hundred dollars. That was a compromise. Instead of going through the end of September, it actually only goes through the end of August. So first week of September ish. And they cut the eligibility for the fourteen hundred dollar stimulus check. Uh, a, a good chunk, like a couple making 200k, mm. wasn't getting it, isn't getting it at all anymore. Now at the cutoffs, 160 instead of 200k. So I do think there could be fine tuning like that. But the bigger pieces, they still got, still got the 1400 dollars, still got unemployment through basically September. Uh, but yeah, it is 100 dollars less. So is it possible we'll see some adjusting like that, and and will it come with maybe some tears? Sure, but I think it'd probably be a small adjustment. I don't think it's going to be a really big adjustment. Like Biden's got, he's got a lot of power right now. If he's got to give a few little concessions away to get get some moderates on board that he needs to get to his fifty votes, that's what he'll give. But I don't think it's going to be a big adjustment. If you were to offer a solution to long long term capital gains, what do you think is the most effective and reasonable rate that it should be taxed at? I mean, I, I haven't done the research on that. Uh, you know, Graham mentioned uh, that he had, and, and I thought that's great. I mean, personally, I I, I like, uh, you know, if they're trying to pay for infrastructure, which is what they're trying to do, I would rather see them focus on on use taxes, right? I, I mean, like tax, I don't know, I don't understand why they're not taxing 
carbon emissions. I mean, this has been this has been studied so many times. The World Bank talks about it. The IMF talked about it this morning. They were talking about taxing carbon emissions and, and how right now the world's only valuing, I don't know exactly the number, but it was like right now the world's only valuing carbon emissions at like $2 per, I think it's metric ton. I don't know exactly what it was, something like that. Uh, and they're like, really, if we want to have a green revolution, we need to start valuing carbon emissions at like $70 a metric ton. And, uh, and you know, that's, that's, I think, the direction you go. You want to raise money, tax the polluters, uh, not, like, what, you know, taxing and potentially robbing uh, venture capital of startup investments uh, through these higher tax rates, I don't, I'm not heavily in support of that. I'm also not heavily in support of a higher uh, individual tax rate going from where we are now with the 38% back to the mm. 39.6%. Uh, because I personally felt that disincentivization. <laughs> That's another word. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, where what's the right answer? I mean, to me, which they're not going to do, I think the right answer is is where they're not looking. It's And it's taxing carbon emissions to pay for their infrastructure. But they're not even remotely interested in that. So it's going to end up being something with capital gains and something with the ordinary taxes going up. Uh, I, you know, what I am grateful for so far is no mention. And you know what? If this is where we stop and it's it's no more no more of these tax changes, I'm actually going to knock on wood, and maybe just seal my lips over here. Why are we here again? I don't know, man. This is weird. We shouldn't be back here. Then why are we here? It's probably because you didn't get your free stock worth all the way up to $50. Oh, I'll do that right now. You haven't done it yet? Uh, okay, I'll do it right now. It takes you just a few moments to do, and you could get a free stock worth all the way up to $50 with the chance... Shh, Bailey. Please, <laughs> Bailey. Shh. With a chance to get a completely free stock of Tesla when you deposit $100 by May 7th. Wow, so I can get a chance to win a free stock of Tesla? That's it, and it just takes you a few minutes. I'll get on it right now. All right, let's get back to the video, and hopefully we don't end up back here again. Because they have not talked about, or they have not brought up again, 10, because they've 31. previously talked about... <laughs> 1031 exchange uh, getting eliminated. Yeah. And the, the stepped-up tax base is getting eliminated. Both of those are big, because see, my escape from this this new rule is just going into real estate. <laughs> you know? Well, the steps of tax basis was uh, implemented uh, or overturned in California, though. Well, well, so, so there, I think, I think then there, uh, there are two different stepped up tax bases than we're, we're touching on. So there's the property tax basis, which you're totally right on. That that's, that's gone. Uh, that's, what, that's gone. That's what I mean. Property tax. Yeah. So the property tax basis, you're right. That's gone, and they snuck that in there. I wouldn't be surprised if that comes yeah. up on a ballot again in California. California is a mess right now with all the proposals yeah. and nonsense they've got. Uh, the uh, basis, which really doesn't affect us, the stepped up, the other stepped up tax basis. The other stepped up tax basis is you die, and let's say you have a, uh, you know, place you bought for four hundred thousand dollars, you depreciated it to zero, and now it's worth ten million dollars. Just be extreme. If I sold it the day before I died on my deathbed. I would have to pay capital gains taxes on $10 million right. uh, after selling fees, right? If I die, my heirs would pay zero taxes because they would move that basis from zero to 10 mil. And all of a sudden, uh, they could sell it the very next day after I die and pay zero dollars in taxes. Okay. <laughs> Which so is that's just a, crazy. So, so that's, that's what I was mentioning. So what, what I was referring to is property tax. Yep, yep, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so that's where real estate is still this like, 
Uh, and, and you're right, California, they sneak things in. I mean, that's messed up. They got rid of that basis adjustment. But uh, Cal- uh, real estate still has this, this beautiful holdout right now that uh, even though prices are high, I'm really tempted to, to double down and buy some more real estate, especially if I can get my hands on a bigger building or even some more single families. I'm an escrow on a single family fixer upper right now. Uh, and uh, I, I just want more of them. I don't even want the cash flow. I don't care about the cash flow. I just want to control the value because it's also, if I'm wrong on those options, the real estate is actually going to be a hedge because if I'm wrong on the options, that means we have inflation, which should be good for my real estate and my real estate debt long-term. Do you think they would ever touch the laws regarding real estate or tax code regarding real estate to make it just as as uh, as bad as, as investing in like stocks and stuff no, like that? No, because the politicians, they all got real estate. <laughs> They're, they're not going to poop <laughs> yeah. where they sleep. So that's what it is? The problem with real estate yeah, that I feel like you don't have as much with stocks, which sounds crazy, but real estate is the fifth largest lobby. It's, it's one of the top five lobbies. I think National Rifles too. Yeah, National Realtor Association is up there in, in like top five. The NRA sees this stuff about stepped-up tax basis uh, and, and uh, you know, 1031 exchange. As soon as they see that, the National NAR. Association of Realtors, if I said <laughs> the NAR, 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 not the NRA, the NAR, National Association of Realtors, they get in there, and I wouldn't, I would not be shocked. You start having the, the lobbyists showing up in Congress like, hey, wrote up an idea for you folks on Biden's team. Here you go. Check this out. Oh, doubling the capital gains taxes on people making over a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good idea. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll bring this over to Biden. And says nothing about real estate. I wouldn't be surprised if you got a ton of people in the real estate lobby doing that stuff. They don't want anything about real estate mentioned. And guess what? Whether that's what's happening or not, real estate's not getting mentioned. Knock on wood. <laughs> I wanted to circle back to the options Ooh. just to know like what kind of investments you made in those in those contracts. What kind of investments I made? Uh, yeah, like, like what, how much what money? stocks, expiration dates, strikes, and stuff like that. Yeah, just like generally speaking, obviously not every single one, but the bigger positions. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you some examples here. So I did this on Tuesday, which Tuesday was a crap day. Like Tuesday was bad. Everything was in the toilet. And I'm like, man, if I make a transition into options and I leverage in more, probably a good time to do it when everybody's freaking mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I love I love uh, taking advantage of freakouts. So um, a lot of them went into Tesla. Uh, a lot. Uh, of actually, course. This is a better spreadsheet. Uh, no, this is easier. Yeah, so I've got – I spread them out on Tesla – I got 650, 900, 1300, 1725, and $900 calls all pretty much Jan and March 2023. So they're pretty mm-hmm. long. And mm-hmm. some in the money, most of them out of the money. <laughs> but then again, the ones that are in the money, I put, let's see, hold on, let me see here. The 650s, uh, 320 grand into the 650s, 458 grand into the 900s, 100 grand into the 1725. Like that's like the YOLO. Uh, $900 one has, uh, you know, 353,000. So lots of Tesla, of course, it's, it's my highest conviction. I still believe it. People think I'm stupid and crazy for doing it, but I, I don't care. I love Tesla. It's bad. But I also threw a couple hundred grand into Etsy, a couple, uh, 150 grand into Lemonade, 125 into Neo. Uh, these are all, all pretty much 2023s. 
you know, some money into some of the SPACs like Matterport or CCIV. Uh, Enphase. Enphase, I put... I like Enphase, yeah. $544,000 into Enphase options for January uh, 20, 2023. $150. So I, I bought them slightly in the money. I think they were like 155 at that point. Mm. I think they ended at like 170 today, the, the, the share price. And right now, those options alone are up $129,000. They're up 31%. Like those end phase ones are just printing money right now. Uh, Coinbase down like 17 grand, and most of the options that I got on Tuesday, actually, with the exception of Coinbase, every option that I got on Tuesday is up. So, I mean, that's it's very yeah. short term. How you know, we're do, recording this on yeah. Friday. So, how too do early. Taxes, how do taxes work on options when you exercise those options? So I'm not going to exercise them. I'm going to sell these. Uh, the two things I can do, I can exercise them. But if I exercise right. them, I lose the extra value because if I exercise them, I'm going to take the shares. Exercising is actually a great way to save taxes, though, because let's say I have this $650 call on Tesla. And then in January of 2023, uh, uh, Tesla's at 2000 and then I exercise and I get the shares for 650. Hey, that's great. I buy the shares for 650. The market value is $2,000 right now. Perfect. I'm up. But I plan on, uh, oh, and at that point, in that scenario, I wouldn't pay taxes. That would be built into my cost basis of those shares because mm -hmm. I'd just be getting them for 650. Okay, Got great. Uh, plus whatever I paid for the contract. But with options, a good chunk of the value is hope. I call it hopium just to make it simple. Uh, and hopium is like, well, but it, it could go up even more, <laughs> you know? And uh, I want to I wanna profit off not only what it's in the money, but off the hopium. So I want that hopium. So I'll probably sell these. Well, next time we get a big rally, I'll sell them. If we get a big rally next month, I'll dump all of these options and I'll just buy shares again because I just don't want the stress. But uh, whether I sell them you know, this year or next year, or whatever, when I sell those contracts, they'll just be capital gains, either short-term or long-term, depending on, on when that rally comes and when I sell them. So I will be looking at how good of a rally it is in terms of how much I'm up, considering that I have to pay taxes, how much am I net up? And then does it make sense to take that net treasure chest, mm. throw it all into shares? And my goal is to be better off than where I was before, except have no margin. <laughs> That makes sense. It's a crazy YOLO. <laughs> no, it's smart. A lot of the in the money stuff I'm totally on board with, like the leaps and stuff with the in the money calls. I love those. That's like if sure. I do do any like um, long calls, that's typically what I do. And I, I bought Tuesday as well, which was pretty awesome. Nice. But uh, but yeah, I totally I, I agree with that. I think that was smart to, to get into some options like that. Yeah, it's I will say, though, Graham, mm -hmm. you've got yeah. this style of I just don't want stress. And I, I admire that because look, I mean. You know, now I got to keep an eye out for that rally. If I had the shares, I I wouldn't have to, you know? Yeah, but, but keeping an eye on making a whole bunch of money, that's not a problem. To, that's not stress. <laughs> Your stress is, I got to keep an eye on the market so when I make too much money, I, I lock in those profits. Yeah, Gosh. I mean, it could all go down too, but but yes, <laughs> yes, the, the theory is that is what I'm waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> True. Gosh, what do you what do you think of Jack holding on to Dogecoin? What do you think Ooh. of that? He he turned his one hundred dollar investment into it Dogecoin. was nine thousand like it, a couple of days ago. hundred dollars to yeah. nine thousand dollars. Can you believe <laughs> that? 
And yeah, and had I, and had I held, my thousand dollars would have turned into like ninety one thousand dollars at the peak. I, I mean, I put twenty five grand into Doge, uh, and it turned into seventy five grand, and I sold it so fast because I'm like, dude, I made fifty grand in a day. See ya. <laughs> you know, had I, same thing. Had I held. I don't even want to do the math on that because I would feel like crap. <laughs> when did you sell? Did you sell when it hit like 10 cents? Mm, I sold – this was actually a while ago. I think this was oh. back in January, like mid-January when wow. I did Wow. So it would have been back then like 5 cents, 6 cents? Uh, your order to buy 1 million Doge has been filled for $25,000. It was 1 million Doge. So what is that? So a million – so oh, 400 – 410,000 is that what it is? No. Nah. Yeah, that's well, what it is. What's, what's at it its peak right that's, now, Doge. that's the value. 25 cents. Right. So times 25. So it would have been 250. So it'd be 250. So it but at its peak wow. it was like 410. Yeah. Gosh. Oops. Hey, you still did better than someone that You're I know. Better than me. Oh. Yeah. You you made money with Doge. I I I cannot say I've done that before. To turn 100 into 9,000 is incredible. Why not just launch? You told it me in? to sell when it was at six thousand. You said sell right now. And then guess what happened? It you, went down, but then it went back up to nine thousand. Right. But so, then you would still be up fifteen hundred dollars from where you are today. But it's not about it's not about the quick profit. It's about A the principle and it's about B sticking quick with profit. It's You've a, been holding on to this for a year. Alright, it's been marinating. But like it's about <laughs> it's about the principle at which you invest, like why you invested on, like in an investment, Kevin. the grounds at which you, you invested in it, which, which for me was like, I think it's funny that there's Dogecoin. I think it's cool. It's unique. And that's why I put it in. And I knew for a fact I was holding on for life, for life, for life. So you're going to hold this <laughs> until you're 50, 60 years old. I knew, look, I, that hundred dollars. I was like, this is play money. This is fun money. And I've had so much fun with it. I've had so much fun. And just because I made $9,000, you know, I get a comment every here and uh, every, like every now and then some, somebody's like patting my back on the podcast <laughs> or whatever. They'd be like, good job, Jack, your diamond handsing, you know, look at Graham. He sold out, <laughs> you know, the, that the night of that he bought it or whatever. And those comments like that make me proud to hold <laughs> on to Dogecoin, even if sure I'm down $5,000 or $4,000 since it's peak, but, but whatever. That it's was about, a burn. That was a burn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> look, wow. You gotta, it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. If you are a hodler, then good for you. Then then the fluctuations are entertainment. They're fun. There's something to talk about. Wow, look what Doge did today. You're a hodler. Great. If you're what when I say if you're a trader, fine, do the fluctuations. You're a hodler? Great. Hodl forever. Fine. I'll probably hodl Tesla for forever. I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe something'll change in 20 years. Who knows? But that's the plan right now, is just to hodl. Uh I don't care what happens in the short term. Maybe that's the same thing with you on, on Doge. So uh, that way, when Kevin O'Leary tells me, oh, you know, what if Tesla goes down 40%? Well, I bought more. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter. But uh, I think there is a a person that uh, invested in Doge and they put all their money in it because they see Elon Musk tweeting about it. They put, you know, their their only $100,000 in and uh, it turns into a million dollars. And then there, like, I, there's actually, I'm pretty sure, no, there was a, there was a CNBC article about this. This guy put 140 grand in, it turned into over a million dollars at one point. And, uh, so he literally became a Dogecoin millionaire. And I'm thinking to myself, and and we don't know, but let's say the dude works making 50 grand a year. I'm like, I'm reading this. I'm like, this is incredible, dude. Like, oh my gosh, sell, like change your life. 
this is this is life-changing amounts of money for you i don't know how much you make but assuming it's like the average you know 50 60k or whatever sell what are you doing you just you got like 10 you know after taxes you got 10 years after taxes you got 10 years worth of working your job boom in two months what are you doing and in the article they're like well my plan is to hold on until it hits 10 million and then I'll sell 1 million and live wow. off that. And like, okay, look, oh, at some point, wow. it is fine. It is. I'm happy that you're bullish on a momentum trade, but you I'm can't not bullish on it. Yourself. I just want to make, I just want to make it clear. I'm, I'm not trade. bullish. I'm not bullish on Dogecoin. Just want to make that clear okay. to anyone who's, who's watching. <laughs> so, Jack, we're back here again. Oh no, why is that? Because you didn't get your free stock worth all the way up to $50. But I actually did this time. I actually did. Check this out. No way, really? Whoa! I know, Congratulations. Right? Thank you. I'm so happy. Wow, did you deposit $100 too? Yes, I did. Okay, so now you're going to be entered for a chance to win a free stock of Tesla. Of what? Tesla. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Okay, let's get back to Kevin now. Back to you, Kev. If it's a momentum trade and you got life-changing amounts of money, GTFO, $9,000 isn't going to change your life, Jack. $1,500, that, that $9,000, somebody could hack your Robinhood tomorrow and take your Dogecoin away, and it would make a difference to your life. This dude, assuming he's working for 50, 60K, who turned Doge into a million dollars, and he's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. It's the best thing since sliced bread. It's going to 10X. Really? It's going to go from, from a $50 billion market cap to a $500 billion market cap, doubling what Ethereum is right now? Folks, like at some point, and maybe it'll happen, but at some point, some logic has to set in. That's all I got to say. So you met with Kevin O'Leary. How did that come about? Instagram. <laughs> no. Did you did you message him? No, they're, uh, uh, well, actually, no, I had messaged him a while ago, but he didn't answer. Uh, uh, so, but what happened was uh, his like media coordinator or whatever was like, oh, I saw you on YouTube and uh, I, I have these people who would be interesting for you to interview or whatever. Uh, so I went into uh, Kevin O'Leary's DMs and you had already messaged us. So like she was coming to message me, but my message was in there and she's like, oh, this is perfect. Wow. So it's kind of a little bit of both. Cool. And what was that like to meet him? To me, it was you surreal. Know, it, yeah, it, uh, a little bit. Uh, it's probably, I have to say, I haven't been nervous for, for an interview. Uh, the only time I was ever nervous was was the Robin Hood one. And I think it was because oh, yeah. I was worried that everybody was going to hate the fact that I interviewed the CEO. So I was really worried about backlash. So I was like sweating bullets, like, you know, the pit stains and everything. I'm like, oh, crap, this could be really bad. You know, another one I was really yeah. nervous for, actually, was I did this interview with uh, Lauren Southern, like really, really political. I remember. Yes. Yeah. That, that had like a 77% like ratio, like the worst ever uh, in, in a very, very long period of time. That I was nervous about. Very, very nervous. Uh, so I think... The nerves come from like, okay, is this going to be good or bad for the channel? If it's potentially bad, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking about it from the channel point of view. For Kevin O'Leary, it was really natural because we just get into talking. Uh, it was, um, you know, I, I think it was it was interesting uh, when, when you know, they, they sort of first pop in kind of like the Zoom call and it's like, Oh damn! There he's actually there. You know, yeah. like he's a real he's a real person. Like that that initial feeling was certainly there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I mean, 
it's fun. <laughs> That's all I could say. I look forward to doing more things like that. I'd love to get like politicians on. Like how cool if I if we could get like a Mitch McConnell or Nancy oh, Pelosi. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there going to be a fourth you know, stimulus check, dude, Nancy? <laughs> they they got to start doing that. Imagine M- Mitch McConnell just streaming with Pokimane or something. <laughs> they got to start doing it. Seriously. You know, you know, one of these days when, like, people our age are, are becoming politicians and they're really getting involved. Because everyone right now is, like, 50, 60, 70 years old. Imagine now when, when we're in our, you know, 50s or 60s doing, like, you know, TikTok dances and stuff like that for votes. Like, imagine yeah. Nancy Pelosi on TikTok doing like the uh, uh, what, what's your name, uh, Bella Porch. <laughs> like the, like imagine, the do I want to? Dude. <laughs> imagine her doing that, oh. and then at the end, it's like, vote for me. Race, you know, let's raise taxes. <laughs> hey, Eat did you rich. hear uh, yeah. uh, Caitlyn Jenner's running for governor? Re- oh what? yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that. So we start getting more yeah. of the uh, social media influencers yeah. involved in politics. Guaranteed, that's coming. That's what I. That's where I think it's going. Because guaranteed, if The Rock runs for president, guaranteed he would have a solid chance. The Rock. The Rock. Why him? Because he's likable. Say one bad thing about The Rock. <laughs> I, 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 don't I, I don't want to. I don't want to try. Try to try to try to one critique. Besides, I did not like the movie, uh, that earthquake movie. I did not like it. <laughs> That's the only bad thing I have to say about The Rock. He's a likable guy. He is, yeah, yeah. He's, and he's disciplined. With her daughter? Or his daughter? Positive. What about, huh? The the earthquake movie with uh, his daughter? Yeah, yeah. What was that? What was it called? Earthquake? Oh, I forget. It's like some uh, p- apocalypse movie. I didn't like that movie. But San Andreas. Yeah, that's it, San Andreas. It's just it's not a, that wasn't wasn't his best work. <laughs> but overall, everyone likes him. Everyone likes him. I. It's just a friendly guy. And you would think that if he's if it like for international relations and and just any anything he says, I feel like just people would just like the guy. Income's Almost. been plummeting. <laughs> Has it been? Yeah, man. Uh, April's been rough. Like, uh, I don't know. A- April's just. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the markets or what, but like views are softer. There's less, uh, uh, less, less. There's really less stuff going on. You know, there was so much. I feel like there's so much more drama uh, over this last year throughout the pandemic. It was much more. Uh, there was much more to talk about. Now I'm, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to start going back to new vs. pro real estate videos huh. that got like twenty thousand views, man. Yeah, I've noticed that. I think it's just less interest overall in the markets. I think people are normalized to it. I think they're getting out of the house now. They're not paying attention as much as they are. And yeah. when there's not something new happening like every single day, I feel like they're just losing interest. Uh, but I think I still think, obviously, there's going to be that core audience that loves anything to do with the markets. But it's certainly not like it, I think, will be or or has been over the last year. So I've yeah, noticed it the same thing. The yeah. market's been trending down. You know, when the market's trending down, I feel like you get people that uh, lose faith in the markets, especially folks who are, you know, look, there are a lot of people who got absolutely burned on GameStop. There are a lot of people who got burned on AMC. There are a lot of the moment. I mean, there are going to be a lot of people who are burned on on Dogecoin or SafeMoon or, or whatever, right? There are going to be all a lot of these really high hype things that are going to burn a lot of people. And uh, it, or even the YOLO options. It's not a good thing 
that Wall Street bets shows, oh, look at my YOLO bet here that turned into all this money and it was like a two-week call option or something crazy, you know? Yeah. That's not good because it, uh, it, it really, I think people try it. They're like, well, I want my YOLO too. And uh, when that falls apart, they've gone in too deep and then that's it. The market's rigged and they never come back. That's bad. Uh, you know, people already think the markets are rigged enough. I personally, I think I, I in the minority on that, I think, uh, I think there are certainly consortiums of things that go on, like when the hedgies all decide to short SPACs together. I'm sure there's there's that level of riggedness. But uh, ultimately, it just it comes down to the push and pull of everybody trying to make a buck out there. And uh, I think if you if you can be in your long stock positions, you can make lots of money in the stock market. But uh, a lot of people are going to get burned out of it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I think from an attention standpoint, I would just say that there's been a big focus on investing, a big focus on the market. I think that's just been the talk for, for really the last year. And I think as we progress out of that, people are just they're going to get bored. And I think when they see the market trading sideways or they they don't see yeah. these 20 percent gains every month, they say, ah, what's the point? Let me go focus on something else. And maybe that will be a self uh, a self fulfilling prophecy where enough people get bored of it, and that causes stocks not to do as well in the first place, and then even more people get bored of it. But I think again, like you said, long term, it's not going to make a huge difference. And uh, and and in terms of YouTube, I feel like it's it's really just the algorithm will push whatever the where, wherever the attention is, and when the yeah. attention's not on investing, the algorithm's less likely to push it. So that's what I think we're seeing. I wonder if it could be due to the fact that like we've seen a slower or like a little bit of a recovery since that last huge crash that we had. Not huge, but like the the big crash. I don't know. What was that like two months ago or whatever? Mm -hmm. I think like that crash because I remember your viewership was up like crazy. Oh, yeah. Like during all of that. And that was was around the same time as GameStop. Yeah, it was like really exciting, right? And then after the crash, obviously, like it kind of stayed pretty low for a while. And now, since we're making a little bit of a recovery back, this just not nearly as exciting as like either continuing on the trajectory we were at before the crash or the crash itself. You know, like the recovery getting back to where we were is just like terrible. But beforehand, when we were shooting up, that was awesome. I I think uh, generally, when the market is down, viewership is up. Overall, when the market's doing fantastic, I've noticed fewer people are are interested in it. Like, no, it's funny. No one cares. The market's up ten percent. Woo! That'll be one fourth the views as the market went down ten percent. Here's what just happened. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, March was uh, probably one of the best months ever that that I had. Uh, just from all, like all income streams combined and views, uh, views weren't actually as high as they were in December, but the, the March was a really good month in terms of that, but it was also a terrible month, uh, in terms of the market, like the market was just on fire and uh, there was so much drama coming out of February. Like you're talking about, we're coming out of the, the, uh, you know, the, um, what's it called? The GameStop, uh, yeah. momentum trades. And, uh, yeah, March was really, really incredible. And so now it, it kind of feels like we, it's like we're going to the moon in January, Feb. Now 
you know, end of Feb, March comes, and it was just like a rocket ship going to the ground in certain sectors. Like, you know, Tesla went to like 530 for a yeah. moment, you know, for a hot minute. I mean, like, this was a rocket ship going to the ground. People were like, no, don't buy, don't buy. You're going to catch a falling knife. Meanwhile, I'm buying the whole time. I'm like, yep, I'll take some 590s. I'll take some 530. I'll take some 610s. Like, whatever. I don't care. I'll buy them at 700. Whatever. I'll buy. Uh, and uh, this, this rocket ship's going straight to the ground. That rocket ship going to the ground was, was I mean, terrible for the market, great for business. Uh, and uh, now it kind of feels like the rocket was falling out of the sky a little bit. Now we're, we're doing this kind of like, pshht, pshht, pshht. <laughs> it's kind of like we're yeah. bouncing around, right? Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's not as engaging. Like, it's not, uh, it's not fun to see the market go up. Uh, you know, oh, it just went up 15%. Oh, it just went down 17%. Oh, it just went up 16%. Like, it's, that's what it has been feeling like. This consolidation yeah. window that we've been in these last four weeks, it's been exhausting, not engaging. <laughs> it's uh, it's unique, too, to you where you're kind of hedged either way in terms of your own income. Because if the market goes down, you make the money back from YouTube. The market mm. goes up, you might make less on YouTube, but you'll make way more from your investments. I never thought about it that way, but yeah, probably, <laughs> probably true. So how are you planning to diversify in the future? Because let's just say, let's, let's just say YouTube cuts in half, which I mean would still be fantastic, but how do you intend to continue this? Yeah, um, probably, uh, I, I mean, I like what you mentioned earlier, the vlog idea. The, the vlog idea, though, it would have to be, it would have to incorporate something. Like if I could vlog the family in real estate, Great. I would love to do that, uh, especially if it involved traveling. Like, say I took advantage of that that Texas and Florida thing. It's like, all right, we're flying down to Texas to buy four homes this weekend. Like, that could be fun. You know, take the kids or whatever and screw around in Texas and, and uh, go house hunting or whatever. And uh, especially if somebody else was filming and editing it together. Because, uh, look, I, I'm not, I'm not, I would not edit it. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so burned out of editing. I just don't even edit anymore, <laughs> uh, which is great that we have that opportunity because like we have live stream opportunities or even podcasts are pretty much like 95% unedited. Uh, and so, um, but yeah, for diversifying, that would be really fun. I would love doing that and, and just getting out again. Uh, there's always going to be news to cover, but uh, it's going to be less stressful. And, and I'm actually looking forward to that. Because uh, the last year, it's literally been refresh. Oh my gosh, there's breaking news. Record the video. As I'm uploading the video, oh my gosh, there's more breaking news. <laughs> like, the last year has been so insane. And this is why, like, sometimes they're like, Kevin, how do you, how do, you do like six videos a day? It's like, well, there's so much freaking stuff to talk about. But when we get into this, this normal period of time, where it's like, okay, maybe you have like really exciting news twice a week. Well, I don't have to be sitting here all day anymore. I could go do the vlogs, uh, and then if something crazy happens, I don't need anything fancy. We could just, I mean, you know this, we just take mm. our phone. I could go live on my phone. I can't believe what Jerome Powell just said. It'd be that I doubt I would even lose viewers doing that. Uh, just because news doesn't care. News is about information and, and perspective. So that combined with uh, traveling and real estate, mm, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> that'd be my dream. That's what I think you should do. I think incorporate that. Maybe maybe taper off towards the end of the year. Do that. 
do the vlog idea. Then we can merge yeah. vlogs. Imagine the collapse that we could do between vlog channels. Yes. The family meets Kevin. I would. The Think one thing that. I would do differently, yeah. though, is I would still be doing it on this channel. <laughs> you wouldn't change it. You wouldn't do a new channel. I just I uh, I don't want to split my attention. You know, I've seen. T- uh, look, you guys haven't mastered. Okay, I think you guys are the exception, though, because I've just. Uh, and maybe it's me. Uh, and and I'm personally just like identifying this as more frequent mm-hmm. than I think it is, but I don't know. But I think most creators, and I could be wrong about this, so it's totally opinion here. But I believe most creators who create other channels end up favoring one. And there's no look. You guys have a wonderful set schedule. You know, you've got the vlog for one day, you've got the podcast for one day, you've got the three on the main channel, and then I, what? You got the three or, or three on the other channel. Yeah. It's so structured. It's perfect. It's literally perfect. It's beautiful. Uh, but I think most people who don't have that rigid setup uh, end up favoring one channel and the other one gets neglected. Why would I do? I, I don't. I don't want to do that. So for me personally, it makes no no difference. I'll. I you know I've noticed the same thing. I mean, if I post more, the views go up. I post less, the views go down. <laughs> Simple. So well, may as well just issue, throw the vlog in. The issue though is on a main channel, you're going to get a big portion of your audience not watching a vlog because they have no interest in it. And that is going to hurt the performance of your channel. So by starting a new channel, you're going to get those dedicated 100,000 views that they'll watch anything. And that channel will grow so much faster because of that. Maybe. And and maybe I'm doing something wrong there. I have this belief that when I post a video, YouTube is so smart. The algorithm is so smart. It knows who to show it to. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if it's just the algorithm learning so quickly, like, you know, they send out the notifications in batches. So yep. say they send out the notification to a thousand people at first and they're like, okay, for some reason, way fewer girls are liking this one. Like way fewer girls are clicking on this one and older dudes are clicking on this one. The next notifications might only go to those older dudes. So I have this, this weird suspicion that no matter what I post, it'll end up going to the right person. Like the, uh, you know, some of the podcasts I do, there's there's literally nothing different, in my opinion, between some of the podcasts. But some of the podcasts that have really, really interesting, broad information, they get 200, 250,000 views. The Kevin O'Leary one's like 600,000 views. Wow. You've got uh, some miscellaneous CEO interviews, really, really niche topic, 50,000 views. And those could be filmed within a day of each other. So you'd think if there was the, like some kind of punishment, we wouldn't see that. Uh, so I don't know if it's just my channel, but mm. I'll throw up a real estate video. All of a sudden, all the comments are people like, oh my gosh, thank you. Finally, a real estate video. Maybe because they're watching more real estate videos. And, and YouTube's like, oh, Kevin posted a real estate video because the people who are really liking this are also watching other real estate videos. Let's send it that way. That's just, it's a crazy belief I have. <laughs> well, so what are you doing to keep your, uh, yourself busy? Uh, the channel, the channel, all the videos. That's it. I, so I, I should just I make really, more I'm, videos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to focus on anything other than just making the videos. That, that, that's my only focus right now is just let's get these nine videos out a week. On nine? That's nine videos. Nine. Eight. I thought it's nine. Eight. No, so we got uh, the millennial money. That takes us from seven oh, to eight. Sure, plus sure the millennial family, money. Okay, that's the a, family that's oh, nine. Okay, sure. That's nine videos. So three on the main channel, three on the second channel, one on the podcast, one on millennial money, one on the family. Nine videos. What's millennial money? 
the oh, the, pod, oh, oh, podcast. Oh, our millennial our money. Thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I didn't know yeah. you were counting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, nine okay, videos. True. That that's my only. That's my only priority right now. So, that's true. And, I, and and right now I'm just I I take it year by year. So I'm like I just got to keep doing this to the end of the year. That's just that's because because when I think like five years down the line, I get overwhelmed with thinking I gotta be nine videos a week for five years. What? Um, so I just take it end of, end of the year. That's that's the next goal post. Keep it going until then. Then reevaluate. Do you ever see yourself ratcheting down? Yeah, that's why I want to do the vlog. The, my dream one day would be the vlog. You know, has uh, you know two million subscribers. It's getting you know five hundred thousand views per video, and we just have fun. And the main channel will never go away. That's maybe, you know, one video a week or two videos a week. Or a video is needed when there's something really big to talk about or I I really want to say something, post on there. But I think the vlog would just add a different element to it. It would be fun. Then then I could do all the things that I've wanted to do that I can't because of the main channel. Like going and traveling. Go and do that for six months. I can't do that and keep up this this the momentum right now. So I think with the vlog, I could still make it happen. Could still post amazing content, um, and get to do all of those things that I've always wanted to do that I haven't because uh, my priority has been the channel. Well, I mean, I have to say, I mean, I I echo that. I think that is a that is the dream right there. Is is I think people think, oh, being a YouTuber is a dream. I don't know, man. Being stuck in this box. You know, for 12 or 13 hours a day is, is pretty draining. Uh, so, but if, if yeah, if you had just, think about it, like, two or three videographers, videographers filming you, and they did all the editing for you. You literally had to do nothing, and it was just a percentage of the uh, the revenue. And the revenue you were getting funded your vacations, and now yeah. because the vacations are your content, those are tax write-offs too. Now you may as well just go live it up. Frugal Graham turns into Yacht Graham. <laughs> oh, no. No. But the, the, I was watching a tiny house video earlier today. That seemed to me so fun. There was a tiny house that was built uh, on wheels. So you could you could attach it to a trailer. And it's like 24 feet long, 8 feet wide. This thing looked incredible. I think it would be so fun. Maybe we get two of them. So Jack and Alex could be in the trailer behind the main one. Or, or you know what? Alex could be driving. Then... Then I don't I don't know where you 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 could maybe passenger seats. <laughs> then we got you know the, the cat and the dog and Macy and I in, in the back trailer and we could be guys. Where do you want to go today? Let's go to uh, Salt Lake City. Let's go. Let's go to Vegas today. Let's go. Let's drive to Florida. We could do we could do Disney World. Let's go. Something like that. I think would be that but, would be but so much why? fun. What? Why? Why do you want to drive five you know four days or whatever to Florida when you could just rent a jet? No, because I think the fun Driving is along is fun. the way. It's it's visiting all the places in between, and I think okay. the adventure on the way there is is part of the excitement. Uh, even and even do, the like, drive from subscriber like, stops, right? But even the drive from like L.A. to Las Vegas along the way. I mean, if you drive it all the way, fine. But on the, along the way, there are a whole bunch. There's like a ghost town that's there. Um, a lot of nothing too. Bowling. But then there's a. What, oh, bowling! Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> Kevin and I went to a bowling spot uh, on the way. I think that was Rancho Cucamonga that we did that. Yes. But I just think on the drive, a lot of fun things can happen on the drive. That's true. That's true. You because uh, Danny, look at Danny Duncan, man. Yeah, that Dude, to me is the he, dream. Yeah, right there. Yeah, because he took. 
uh, his uh, he, he did the road trip across across the country too. I think I don't know. He yeah. drove his Tesla from Florida to L.A. or whatever, and they would just stop in all these random places. Like, oh, it's that's yeah, that's but awesome. Is, and I think, but Danny could be anywhere. Danny could be in yeah. in a room like you, and somehow you would watch twenty minutes of him doing something. He would find a way to make wherever he is a good time. Yeah, that's true. Because think of it. He, he never relies. He never relies on something happening. He is always the one who makes stuff happen. It's all it's 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 like the, the, his his world revolves around him and his personality and what he's doing in the moment. So he could always come up with content because it's just as long as he's as long as he's breathing. I mean, he'll find a way to make it entertaining. It's true. I mean, I uh, I visited him in Florida, and I remember we were at this uh, uh, Asian food uh, restaurant. Uh, I, I don't know. I had some fried rice or whatever. I don't know why this detail matters anyway. But he says, um, you know what? We need to buy a used van, like right now. And it just starts calling to get used vans. Like, wait, why? It's like, we're going to crash it. We're going to F it up. That's <laughs> like, like, where did that idea ever come from? <laughs> Did he put it in video, or is this stuff that like he just wanted to do on his own? Uh, you know, he he's just uh, he's done multiple videos since then of him crashing cars and putting cars in a tree, and then they did fireworks, and then they shot the fireworks into the tree. The the two days after I left, they had the fire department at his at his like you know six acre or ten acre or whatever lot, uh, and, and uh, they, they I don't know they caught something on fire. It's just like there literally is always something <laughs> going. on. So that's what I want to do. Not necessarily putting yeah. cars in trees, but just <laughs> maybe just a, a fun, light-hearted, family-friendly, just a, just a good old vlog. A, re- you, a realistic aren't you vlog. worried yeah. though that there's a yeah. longevity risk? Because I mean, think about it. You know, if uh, you know, a lot of the vlog channels they 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 come and go with with the subscribers, but news, you know, Jim Cramer's still around. I yes, I I would agree with that, but I think. A lot of it's too new to really know how, how much longevity there is. I, th- I think the vlog channels where they're doing all the work themselves, where they're filming every day, that's where, I, that's where I see the worry. Like, Roman Atwood was doing a video. I think it was, like, a, like five videos a week or something like that. Did that for, like, three, four years. So I'm sure that could be taxing. But and, Or the Casey Neistat doing it all himself. But I think the occasional vlog, maybe once a week, I think you keep that going for longer and we'll see just how yeah. much longevity there is. Even with news on YouTube, who's to say there's not going to be, uh, you know, a younger meet Kevin out there who who's does a little more funny. Who's a little, you know, has a, has a bigger <laughs> beard, who has a what? higher quality camera. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Congratulations, Kevin. Let, let's, let's make this video have more views than the first one. Let's do that. <laughs> more so views you- than the first time. Well, um, yeah. uh, okay, uh, how do we do that? Let's see. The um, I did, in in uh, March, uh, at least double uh, the highest month revenue I had before. No. So maybe there's a, there's a thumbnail for you. Oh. <laughs> All right, what is, what is it? Two million dollars. Over It was over two. Holy crap. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Where is it coming from? Gosh, like well, if you were to divide it, 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 it's it's if literally it's a combination of everything because uh, when when there's so much so much drama in the markets, everything does better because it's like even the like life insurance, which I saw you guys were doing life yeah. insurance, like even the life insurance, like <laughs> what seriously, like it's everything. Wow. Uh, but uh, no, this month will be like the opposite. <laughs> no, this month will be negative uh, too. 
Negative two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But no, but you're not um, six hundred something like oh, which God, is geez. amazing. But yeah, but you're not even. But you're not even counting stocks. Like if you count no, 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 income no, yeah. plus stocks. That's her title, man. <laughs> Three million dollars a month. Two million, two, two something, two million. Two. Listen, here's the thing: you can't put two point two. It's got to be one, two, three, four. It's got, it's got to be an even number. So, and then the next time, hopefully, we can grow it again. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's get it to four. Oh, gosh, gosh, okay. No, well, I, I well mean, we got a lot. There, to work there with. are diminished. Like I think this last year was an anomaly, though. So I realized that. I mean, uh, it, it, this last year was insane. Um, you know, there are a few months, uh, that have been insane, but, uh, I, I don't know how sustainable, well, I think high numbers like that aren't sustainable, uh, but I, I do think numbers around like this month are more, more sustainable, uh, which is kind of like from the CNBC yeah. millennial money uh, yeah. breakdown. Congra- congratulations. Thanks, man. Before we end, we, you got to tell everyone to destroy the like button, subscribe, do the usual. Folks. I have got to ask you one thing. We've been together for almost two hours here, maybe even a little bit over two hours. Do me a favor. A little button down there. Destroy that like button. Share the video. Like the video. Subscribe. Get it done. Do it now. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on today. This has been so much fun. I love these things. I'll link to your information down below in the description where you can also get a free stock from public worth all the way up to $50. You may as well get it. All of our Instagrams are down below in the description. And also, make sure to subscribe to the Steph family. We post one video a week. It's one really good video. It's so good that we, we basically pack the best content in a given week in 12 minutes or less. It's insane. So subscribe to that channel down below. You'll be one of the first subscribers to that channel. So enjoy. Thank you guys so much for watching and until next time. For it. 51st ever. So Jack, welcome. You're doing, the, you're doing the leg thing. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Welcome back oh, do to you the... do the ever? Is that part of it? Yeah. yeah. 51st ever episode of the Iced Coffee Hour. My name is Kevin. So far the podcast is made blank. Sweet. Cough. All right, here we go. Cough.